Hello everyone, my name is Lucia Chachulovic and today is Friday the 13th of January 2023. While this date has long been considered an indicator of bad luck, this is really all just down to superstition. Whether today will be lucky or not for investors, only time will tell, but my guests today, Tim Geigi and Karsten Menke, will be sure to give us some insights into where traditional and cryptocurrency markets could go today. But first, let's wrap up what has happened in the markets. Starting off with the main news item of yesterday, US inflation data came in line with expectations. Consumer prices rose 6.5% year-on-year in December, marking the sixth consecutive decline in the inflation rate. Core inflation, which excludes volatile energy and food prices, came in at 5.7% in December, also in line with expectations. Meanwhile, the US labor market remains strong, as the latest data shows that the number of initial jobless claims remains low. The US stock market had seen a seesaw reaction to the news. First stocks fell, then they recovered somewhat before falling again and ending the day in the green. Now, in terms of future rate hikes, market participants are now speculating that the aggressive monetary policy may be gradually abandoned by the US Federal Reserve as it achieves its desired results of lower inflation. Looking at the swap market, it shows less than 50 basis points of tightening priced in for the next two Fed gatherings, a small chance of no move at all in March. And staying in the US, US Treasury yields rose slightly after dropping in the US session. And in Asia, shares were mostly higher despite choppy trading, putting the region's equities on course for the highest level since June. Hong Kong-listed tech companies swung between gains and losses as investors digested the report that China plans to take so-called golden shares in the local units of Alibaba and Tencent, a move that may give the government more control of the strategic sector. Meanwhile, Japan's topics fell as the outlook for exporters dimmed with the yen's recent surge. European markets yesterday closed at their highest level since April 2022. The pan-European stock 600 index closed 0.6% higher. Retail stocks led the gains up nearly 2%, while chemicals and healthcare stocks were both down around 0.1%. Elsewhere in markets, oil prices slipped in early trading of this Friday, but they are still on track for gains of around 6% for the week on solid signs of demand growth in China and expectations of less aggressive interest rate hikes in the US. Gold is set for a fourth weekly advance after breaching the 1,900 US dollar an ounce mark in the wake of the release of the US inflation data. Now, what can we expect for the day ahead? The attention is now clearly turning to the earnings season that's kicking off today, with results from big bank stocks JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, Citigroup and Bank of America. Investors will monitor the releases, which are expected to offer more insight into the health of the economy and set the tone for the upcoming earnings season. Economic data releases today include the Eurozone Industrial Production and Trade Balance, as well as the U.S. University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment data. And that's all for the market summary. Now, taking a closer look at currencies and metals, Tim, what developments do you see there? Good morning. Thank you, Lucia. Well, welcome to 2023 and indeed Friday the 13th. As we have been working our way through the Netflix series Wednesday, I plan to embrace the date as I am sure she would. A rock and roll start to the year as yesterday we shook off the sleepiness of the post-Christmas markets. Indeed, CPI came in exactly in line with expectations. It seems this confused the heck out of everyone as nobody knew whether to buy, sell or hold. So basically everyone did everything all the time. Initial reaction was a weaker dollar then a stronger dollar, 
then we have settled on a weaker dollar for now. So I guess the dollar bears are still convinced that the Fed are on a slowing path. The inflation data was nothing to worry about, which is probably fair enough. Meanwhile, the big mover, as we heard, was, of course, the yen. We have been eyeing this one for a few weeks as we were starting to feel that the Bank of Japan was likely to shift policy for the first time in goodness knows how long. The yen was the dog of 2022. So the upside room is pretty significant. Even if we have already come down from 150 to below 130, there is room down to, well, let's say 115, which was last year's low. And let's not forget, we were down as low as 75, not all that long ago. We see the potential for a further pretty major move in the yen against pretty much any currency you can think of. Another decent mover was Euro-Swiss, which also suddenly broke out on Wednesday. For the first time since July, we are above parity, and more importantly, we are above the 200-day moving average for the first time since September 2021. It feels like perhaps this year could be a year for some new moves that we have not seen for a while. We should not get ahead of ourselves, but a shift from Swiss francs into the yen is a major change and may catch a lot of people positioned the wrong way around. Might we see dollar yen down to 120 and Euro-Swiss back to 110? Sounds a bit far-fetched. But with the ECB and the Bank of Japan leading the charge, well, such as it is, and a Swiss national bank that we can assume be pretty happy to let the Swiss franc organically weaken a bit, maybe these other moves we should be ready for now. I realise I haven't even mentioned euro dollar or indeed my favourite currency, the pound. The euro is performing really well as the ECB moves now ready to the top of the pile of tightening banks. Pound is rather more on the sidelines, holding up against the dollar more or less, but it's definitely underperforming the euro. I would still see euro sterling up here at almost 0.89 as a nice opportunity to short the euro, especially for euro cash positions where the yield pickup is still nice. Some data today, uh, UK GDP and industrial production came out very mixed, very confusing data set. How month on month data can be in line and year on year can be way below is mystery to me. Uh, pound didn't really react. I guess nobody else understands it either. For the European industrial production and then the, the US University of Michigan expectations. But most important will be to see if dollar bears can hang on to their gains or if there is any profit taking. Nobody ever got poor on profits, but I would hold on to some short dollar exposure and indeed some long yen positions if you already have them. Good luck. Let's have some fun in 2023. Back to you, Lucia. Very interesting. Thank you, Tim. And now moving on to the world of crypto. Karsten, stablecoins have been one of the major topics in crypto markets last year. Today you have an update for us. What has been happening in the segment as of late? Well, good morning, Lucia. Um, I assume you all remember the collapse of uh, the Terra stablecoin last May, which was the major milestones during last year's crypto crisis. Just to recall, Terra was an algorithmic stablecoin, i.e. unlike the big stablecoins Tether or US dollar coin, it was not backed by actual US dollars. The collapse of Terra started with a deep pegging, which means that the price moved away from its one-to-one -one relationship with the US dollar. Something similar has happened to the USDD stablecoin at the time, but not as severe. Why do I mention this? Well, because the value of USDD dropped to the lowest right after the FTX collapse, even though it still trades at around 98 cents on the dollar. Even more interesting is the fact that the USDD stablecoin is issued by the Tron Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which is closely linked with Tron's founder, Justin Sun. Sun is also a majority shareholder in the Huobi exchange, which saw over 100 million in token outflows last week amid concerns of its solvency. Trying to improve confidence, Sun transferred US dollar 100 million in competitor stablecoins Tether and USD coins from Binance to Huobi on the same day. 
As with FTX, we are thus facing a situation of close ties between different actors in the crypto markets. Yet, even if the situation deteriorates further, the implications are unlikely to be as severe as for the Terra collapse or the FTX collapse. The market cap of USDT is only around 700 million compared to Terra's more than 18 billion at the peak, and Huobi is a much smaller exchange than FTX, accounting for only 4% of all trading volumes last year. Yet, this does not seem to be impacting the markets. Bitcoin is almost back to 19,000 US dollar, having rallied more than 10% during the past week. Yes, indeed. So crypto markets are trading on a somewhat firmer footing again as of late. What's driving this? Well, I believe it's improved risk appetite in financial markets overall, paired with a weaker US dollar. Especially the weaker dollar, the prospects of less aggressive tightening of monetary policy in the US are supporting the markets. As this had been causing major headwinds last year, in addition to all what had gone wrong in the crypto markets. That said, Crypto still struggle to outperform other US dollar sensitive assets such as gold and silver, which is very unusual in historical context. In my view, this signals that investors are still somewhat reluctant to return to the crypto space. What's the bottom line here? Well, while we are increasingly confident that cryptos have left the worst behind, we don't have a lot of trust in a rapid and longer lasting recovery because the confidence in cryptos is still shattered. And we also believe that the US dollar does not have much more downside from here, which means that the related tailwinds for cryptos should also fade. Thank you very much for your insights, Karsten. And that's all for today's show. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck for today. And please join us again on Monday. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Bear experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.